0: Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, built in faith and friendship. The Bible reading is from Luke chapter 18 and verse 9 to 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. We continue now our series entitled Parables Jesus Told, where we're looking at those parables, those pointed stories, those stories that make a point within Luke's gospel. And today we're looking at Luke chapter 18 and verses 9 to 14, where Jesus tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And this is a very shocking and subversive story. You see, many rabbis in those days told stories about the Pharisee and the tax collector. But in those stories, the Pharisee was always the hero, and the tax collector was always the baddie. So this is a very subversive story. But why does Jesus tell this subversive story? It's not like just out of the blue one day he says, Hey guys, gather around, I've got a good story to tell you. No, he's telling the story in response to some self-righteous people that he's encountered. And we read in verse 9, To some who were confident of their own self-righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. I can just imagine as Jesus and his followers walked past them, these religious guys lifted their noses up at Jesus and his followers. And they especially would lift their noses up at the people Jesus used to hang out with. Sinners, drunkards, prostitutes, and even tax collectors. You see, they thought that they were morally superior to Jesus and his followers. And they thought that that God accepted them, God approved of them because of their moral superiority. And so they placed their confidence, their trust, their faith, not in God's love, but in their own righteousness their own good deeds, their own moral superiority. And so they look down on everyone else. They look down on everyone else who doesn't live up to their high moral standards. And I can just imagine Jesus stopping in his tracks, turning around and looking at them, and then telling them this parable. This, this innocent sounding story. Now a parable, of course, is a pointed story, a story that makes a point. It's a story that asks a question that we have to answer. And the question is this. How do we gain God's approval? Do we gain God's approval by doing stuff, by obeying rules, by our own moral goodness? That's the question. And so Jesus says two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. He tells a story about two men. It could have been two women or two children. It just happens to be two men. But the the important point, the significant point, is that one is a Pharisee and the other is a tax collector. You could not get two greater extreme opposites than a Pharisee and a tax collector in those days. The Pharisee was a very respected religious leader. He wasn't a priest, but he was still a very influential religious leader, kind of like a minister or a pastor within a church. And being a Pharisee, he was part of one of the most strictest religious sects of the day. The Pharisees would obey every single rule in the Jewish Bible. That's the Old Testament. And they would also obey many, many other additional rules over and above the Bible just for good measure. And so this guy is well known for his devotion. He's well known for his moral goodness. And everyone respects him. Everyone listening to this story looks up to this guy, respects this guy, wishes they could be as good as this guy. In complete contrast was the other guy, the tax collector, the despised tax collector. I mean, no one likes paying taxes, right? But it's a lot worse back then. This guy was very very wealthy. He had the biggest house in Temple Lane. He drove the the latest model camel. He had designer robes made to measure. But everyone knew where he got his money from and how he got his money. He overcharged everyone on their taxes and he pocketed the money. He was a fraud and a cheat. He was worse than the city bankers in 2008 with their huge bonuses while everyone else was suffering. But to make matters even worse, this guy was collecting taxes for the Romans, for for the enemy, for the country, for the nation that has just invaded their nation and is occupying their nation. So he's considered to be worse than the enemy. He's considered to be a traitor. And everyone listening to the story despises this guy. They hate this guy. They look down on this guy. And so everyone listening to the story knows who God's going to approve of. But are they right? And so these two guys go to temple to pray. The sure fact that a tax collector went into the temple was scandalous in and of itself. Now, there were two worship services every day at the temple. Everyone would would gather either first thing in the morning or at three o'clock in the afternoon. And they would all gather around the altar and they would sing praises and hymns to God. And then the priest would sacrifice a lamb upon the altar. And then the priest would go into the holy place where only the priest was allowed to go and he would burn incense. While he was burning the incense, this was the opportunity for people to come forward and offer their prayers up to God as the smoke from the altar was still rising up to the heavens. And you would stand and you would look up to heaven and you would pray out aloud so everyone could hear you. And so we read in verse 11 that the Pharisee stood by himself. He stood by himself. He stood apart from everyone else. He stood aloof. You see, he didn't want to get too close to the riffraff in case he got contaminated with their impurities. So he stood aloof by himself. And he prayed. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Wow. I mean, is that even a prayer? I mean, is he talking to God or is he talking to everyone else around him? You see, it seems to me to be more of a gossip than a prayer. Look at all these bad people. Worst of all is that tax collector over there. He's probably wondering who let them in. And his prayer is nothing more than a ruthless attack on a stereotype based solely upon his preconceived beliefs. Attack on a stereotype, a tax collector. Have you ever had the misfortune of having to listen to someone pray pray? but they're merely using the prayer as a, a means to gossip or insult someone. Lord, I just want to pray for those people They keep doing this and that. Help them see the error of their ways. The subtext, of course, is, look how good I am. I'm so much better than them. And so he tries to find fault in other people to make him feel better about himself. And his prayer is also more, it's more of a boast than it is a prayer. See, he's using this, he's using prayer as an opportunity to preach to everybody about how good he is. Sure, of course, he starts by saying, God, I thank you. But then he just goes on to praise himself. As we see in verse 12, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Now, the Bible only requires you to fast once a year. He fasts twice a week. And the Bible only requires you to give a tenth of your main produce, grain, olive oil, or wine. He gives a tenth of everything. I can just imagine him going to these little herbs that he's growing and working out a tenth of that and giving it to God. Isn't that impressive? Everyone at Temple is so impressed. Very impressive. And it is. It is impressive. Very devout. The problem is that he thinks this is going to win God's approval. He thinks by doing this, he's better than other people, and, 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 and God's going to be so impressed with how good he is. So he's putting his confidence not in God's love, but in his own moral goodness. And of course, this just makes himself righteous. It makes him think he's better than other people. He looks down on other people. He finds fault with other people. He compares himself to other people. He has to look good in front of other people to win the approval of other people so that he can feel so good that God has to be impressed with him. But is God impressed with him? In complete contrast, we read in verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance, and he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast. He too stands alone, but not aloof, but at a distance. He's standing back at the door somewhere, doesn't feel worthy to stand right up by the altar with God's people. He doesn't feel worthy to be able to look up to heaven, to God. But he beats his chest. That's a Middle Eastern expression of showing remorse and sorrow. What's remarkable is that men very, very seldom beat their chest, beat their breast. It's it's normally the woman. At, At a funeral, the woman would beat their breast to show their remorse and sorrow, not men. The fact that he is beating his chest shows how extreme his remorse and sorrow is. And he prays, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now that is a prayer. That's a proper prayer. You see, take note, he's not talking to other people, he's talking to God. He's not talking about other people's sin. He's talking about his own. He's talking about his own. And he beats his breast. Because he knows it's from his heart that, that all these evil desires and thoughts and greed is coming from. He's not just sorry about the sin, uh, the consequences of his sin. He, he hates the sin in his own heart. He knows he's not sorted. He knows he's not perfect. He knows he needs help. He knows he's a sinner. So he goes to the only place where he can find God, the temple, and he cries out for help and for forgiveness. As as if he's, he's looking at the altar and he's saying, let that be for me. Let that be for my sin. And he calls out for forgiveness. And then Jesus says, in verse 14, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, the Pharisee, went home justified before God. And to be justified before God means that when the tax collector went home, he was forgiven. And God, in God's eyes, he was in the right. Yet the Pharisee, when he went home, he was not forgiven. He was not made right with God. You see, the Pharisee's pride had intensified his guilt. He thought he was sorted. He thought he was good. He he thought he didn't need any help. He thought he didn't need God's help. So he didn't ask for God's help. And, And his pride has made him more guilty. Because he doesn't think he needs forgiveness. He doesn't ask for forgiveness. And therefore he doesn't receive forgiveness. So it was through his pride that he disqualifies himself from God's forgiveness. And he walks away unjustified before God. This is what Jesus means by the end of verse 40. when He says, for those who exalt themselves, who are prior, take pride in themselves, will be humbled. They won't be forgiven. But those who humble themselves and say, I'm not sorted, I need help, I need God's forgiveness, will be exalted because they will be forgiven. So the big question is, are you like the Pharisee or are you like the tax collector? Are you self-righteous? Do you think you're sorted? Do you put all your trust in your own moral goodness? I'm good, I'm sorted, I don't need help, I don't need forgiveness. I'm better than other people. Now, of course, we all say, well, no, no, I'm not not like that. Of course not. But I often find myself going, I look at religious people, and go, well, I'm not like religious people who think they're better than everyone else, who judge everyone else, who look down on everyone else. But what am I doing? I'm judging them and looking down on them. I'm being religious about not being religious. And so none of us are going to pray like this Pharisee. Look at me. Look how good I am. I'm so much better than everyone else. We're not going to say that. We're not going to say that, but we often think that. I often find myself when I'm in traffic, driving along in traffic, I start thinking to myself, am I the only person on the road who's not an idiot? We so quickly think we're better than others. We'll never admit it, but we do. And you don't have to be religious to be self-righteous. I've met many self-righteous people who aren't religious. They're self-righteous in other areas. I only take the bus. I drive a hybrid car. I only cycle on my bike. I do 10 hours of charity work every week. I only eat organic, vegetarian food. I've made a list of what I believe a good person should do, and I keep to that list. And I look down on anyone else who doesn't keep to my list of what it means to be a good person. I look down on anyone who doesn't live up to my high standards, my moral ethic code. And if there is a God, he's going to be so impressed with me. And, and sometimes non-Christians will come up to me and say, you Christians, you all think you're so sorted, you think you're better than everyone. I'm always like, no, no, you've got it completely wrong. We don't think we're sorted, we don't think we're better than anyone. That's why we Christians. We, we know we're not sorted, we know we need help, we know we need forgiveness, we know we need Jesus. And often it's the non Christian. Who's actually self-righteous because he's saying, I don't need faith. I don't need forgiveness. I'm sorted. I'm a good person. I'll be fine. And so he's not putting his confidence in Jesus, his faith in Jesus, but he's actually putting his confidence and his faith in himself, his own good moral goodness. He's self-righteous. Now, of course, the worst kind of self-righteousness is religious self-righteousness where someone thinks God is going to be so impressed with them because they pray every day, they memorize Bible verses, they go to church every week, they do all these good things for the church. God is going to be so impressed with me. And they look down on anyone else who doesn't live up to those high standards. The problem is, it's not about how good you are. It's all about how good Jesus is. You see, there's absolutely nothing you can do to earn God's forgiveness. It's all because of the love of God expressed in Jesus dying for our sins that we can be forgiven. It's only by putting our confidence and our trust not in our own good, our own good standards, moral ethics, but only by putting our faith and our confidence in Jesus. we can be forgiven. You see, when we stand before God at the end, we're not going to pull out our CV and say look at all the good things I've done, look how good I am. No. We're going to look at Jesus and we're going to say I'm with him. I'm with him. So are you like the Pharisee or are you like the tax collector? couple of questions for us to reflect on. Who is the tax collector for you? And who is the Pharisee for you? Who is that tax collector? The person you just despise, the person you look down on, the person you really struggle to get on well with. And who is the Pharisee? The person you find always self-righteous and judging? If the Pharisee came to church, how would you receive him? With open arms, raised eyebrows, cold stares, with sympathy? If the tax collector came to church, how would you receive him? Open arms, suspicion, with disgust, or like a fellow sinner? And when have you been like a Pharisee? And when have you been like the tax collector. Let's spend a few moments in prayer and just reflecting on those questions and praying through those questions. Father, we we confess there have always been times in our life when we've been like the Pharisee, even if we've only been self-righteous and judgmental for not being a self-righteous, judgmental, religious person. But Father, it's so easy to look down at other people, and to think we're we better, we're good, we're sorted because we're better than someone else. And So Father, we pray that you would forgive us. Father, help us to be like that tax collector, putting all our trust and confidence in you and your love, being aware that we're not sorted, that we do need help, that we do need forgiveness, and to come to you with true, real, honest prayer. Have mercy on me, a sinner. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at